So we'll just get into the book of Ephesians chapter 3. We're going live. Welcome everybody that's here, either, uh, either here on YouTube or Podbean, however you choose to, to join in and listen to us. Welcome everybody. So we're going to get into the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and probably 4. So, dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for today, tonight, Lord. I thank you for each and every one of them that's come out tonight, Lord, and Lord, that's listening. God, you said in your word, those that have ear, let them hear. God, I thank you and I praise you, Lord. I lift you up and I glorify you in all that, that I do, Lord. And Lord, that uh, this vessel glorify you as we, uh, we go through your word. And help Dwayne, Lord, to step out of the way, Lord, and let your spirit, Lord, lead and help me to follow. As we get into your word, Lord, let us uh, learn, deposit your word inside of us, Lord, to, to correct us, Lord, to uh, grow us and um, most of all to become more like you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In Ephesians chapter 3, he says there, he says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles. And he's just saying there plainly, he's saying that he's, he's in prison here. He's in a Roman prison. And he said here that he's a prisoner. But he, although he's in a Roman prison, he's not a, a prisoner for Rome, is he? He says there, he said, prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? It's because it's God was allowed, the one that allowed him to be there. And he said there he was here for, he preached because, the reason he was in prison is because he preached Jesus Christ. And he says there he was in there because of us, because of us Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Who's a Jew? Nobody? Okay, who's a Gentile? All of us, right? <laughs> and he says, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation... Of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Of the dispensation. He said, if you have heard of the arrangement. Or he said, if you have heard of the method or the scheme. According to which God carries out his purpose toward men. If you had heard of the arrangement or the order of the system. That God has given this to them. Or given this to, them, to him. And he said there, he said he didn't buy it, did he? Whenever I read the Bible, I always look into what it, to what it says. But I also try to look at it for what it don't say. And it says there, he says it was given to him. He didn't bite. Because, you know, if he had made this up, he would have folded on it. For what all he went through, you know, he was crucified. and He would have, he would have folded on that, wouldn't he? But because it was given to him by God. It wasn't something that he made up. It wasn't something that he, um, that he went out and bought. It wasn't something that he read somewhere. It was given to him by God. He says, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, <clears throat> which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to whom his holy apostles and prophets. He said it was revealed by the Spirit. And that's something that if you think... I think it was uh, in the book of James. It says, there is it but one teacher. Everything comes from the Holy Spirit. You can amen that, right? It don't matter who's teaching or who's reading the word. If something is revealed to us, it's coming from him. He said every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, right? He said, so, or that the Gentiles, 
<clears throat> excuse me, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. He says that we all should be fellow heirs. That we're all born again into this body of Christ. That we all, he said, were born again. And we're adopted in, he said, through the gospel, right? Through the good news, the, the good news with a reward that was preached. He said, of which I become a minister according to the gift of grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. And I take out and look at my own life and I say, look, you know, become a minister. I'm not here by Dwayne's strength. I'm here because God, by his power. What he gives. I'm here because what he calls. If I'm only here preaching what Dwayne, what Dwayne thinks, I ain't helping nobody. But it takes the word of God to uh, penetrate you. It takes the word of God to, to sustain you. It takes the word of God to strengthen you. It takes the word of God to, to bring you through trials. It takes the word of God. That's what's going to further our life. And he said he'd done this, that he'd become a minister According to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. He says, to me who am less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given to me that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he said there that he considered himself lower. And he's, he's just saying there that he considers himself humble. You know, he's humble there. But just for something Dwayne thinks that I think he was saying this just because he, he considered himself lower because he used to persecute Christians. You know, that had to be something that was on his mind that because he persecuted Christians and and uh, I don't know if there's any evidence of him actually killing them, but sending them to be killed. So he considered himself lower than the, or than the, the rest of the apostles. He says, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. Jesus has always been. You know, you've talked to some people and some people think, well, Jesus only come whenever he went to the cross, but that's not so. He's part of the Godhead. He's from the beginning. You know, in, in the book of John there, he says, uh, it talks about him, you know, him being the word. And, and uh, he's always been. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he said, Let us make man in our image. Meaning God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So God is, or Jesus has always been. And in verse 10, he goes on to say there, he says, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church. See, it says in James, how did it say in James that we uh, receive wisdom? We asked of God, right? So every time I come upon this scripture, I always stop and I ask God, say, Lord, I ask for wisdom. I found out a long time ago that wisdom don't come by gray hairs, as I thought it did. <laughs> Although I am getting them. So I stop and I ask God. He said there in the book of James also. He said there that, he said that wisdom comes by those who ask God. When was the last time we asked God for wisdom? For his knowledge. For his wisdom into a circumstance. Wisdom is being able to look at a situation. And whenever you look at it, looking at it through a biblical lens. Looking at it in the way that God would look at it. That's wisdom, ain't it? See, that only comes by standing in the Word of God, don't it? 
Because we look at it into the flesh or into a carnal eye and we'll look at it in the way that the flesh wants to look at it. But whenever God comes into your heart, he said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And you're staying in the word of God and you'll start looking at situations the way that God would look at them. That becomes wisdom. You begin to, to uh, judge things according to his word. That's what he's called us to do, right? And he says there, the wisdom of God, that it might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers and heavenly places. He said it might be known by the church. So, how is the church ever going to know if we don't read the Bible? You're not, are you? He said it had to be known. He wanted it to be known by the church. So, he's telling us to do what? He said, shout it from the rooftops. What we learn in here shouldn't stay in here. So what we get into the Word here and we, and we deposit into our spirit and it grows the spirit, the inner man. He said to get on and shout it from the rooftops because there's somebody out there that needs to hear it. So when we come in here and we learn the Word and we deposit inside of us, but we should go out and let it flow like living water, hallelujah, to someone else and it will change their lives. He says, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Well, how do we have boldness? It's because I believe in him. It's because I'm covered by Jesus Christ. It's because I'm covered by his blood that I have boldness. That I can come to the throne room of grace and I can call on his name. That I can go out and I can tell people about Jesus Christ because I'm covered by that blood. And I believe in him that he, he'll protect me, that he goes before me, right? So I have a boldness in him. How many has got a boldness? You know in the chat, I think it's in Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 4 in the latter part of it. I can't remember which, which chapter. It's one of the two. It says they were, they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke the word boldly. I don't speak word boldly. Did you guys? It said they spoke the word boldly. <clears throat> He says, therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart. And you remember, I, um, if you were here Sunday, it's one thing that I preached about. It was the lesson was on about, about not, not growing weary, about staying the course and finishing the race. So he's telling us, he says, don't lose heart at my tribulation for you, which is your, which is your glory. He said, don't lose heart. Finish the race. You know, if you don't stay grounded in the Word, you can look at this world, and I was talking about this this morning in a Bible study. If you don't stay in the Word and stay grounded in, in fellowship with the Lord, whenever you look at this world, it's easy to uh, get off track. It's easy to start growing weary. It's easy to start losing the faith because whenever and that's sad to say but whenever you look at this world you'll see that how much evil and how much things are going on it's easy to ask the Lord you say Lord are you in control but it's because that we've read the book it's because we stay in fellowship with God that we know God's in control and all these things must happen for him to come back and get his bride and who is that bride we are that bride 
He's coming back to get us. We see because we've read the book and we've read the end of the book. All these things has got to happen. The great falling away must come, right? And we see that we're in that, right? And when we look at the world, we see all the evil. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't like to go anywhere no more. I just want to be home because whenever you go on vacation, you see so much vulgar and so much filth that I just soon stayed home. We went, me and my wife has went on the last vacation that we went to. And, and as we were gone, we uh, seen so much things that was not of God that we just, we left early. I didn't want to be there. God changes you, don't he? Anybody else ever had these experiences besides me? Just say, man, this stuff just ain't... Um, it ain't enthusing to me no more. I just soon to be with loved ones and my church family, and that's what's, uh, that's what's fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. In 14 there, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know when Solomon, or Solomon prayed on his knees? Do you know Ezra prayed on his knees? Daniel prayed on his knees? Stephen prayed on his knees. Peter prayed on his knees. Paul prayed on his knees. And most of all, you find evidence in Scripture that Jesus prayed on his knees. This ain't something that you have to do because I pray. I went back there and prayed on, I was sitting down on a seat before I even got started. It ain't something that has to be mechanical, but it's because I want to be humble enough whenever I come before the Lord that I want to be able to kneel and, and bow and because I think he's worthy. I'm humble enough when I come to him that I get on my knees and I pray to him. Now, like I say, it ain't something that's got to be mechanical um, because I walk around and pray all the time. But when I find evidence in, all, in the scriptures here that all these other people done it before me, I also want to too. But you guys. And he goes on to say there, From whom the whole family in uh, the whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to his rich according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Said that that Christ would dwell in your hearts. He said, "Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world." Right. Let's run over to John fourteen. John 14, in verse um, 12 through 24, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name... What, I, what that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, he said, keep my commandments. It's plain talk, ain't it? It's plain talk's easy understood. 
He says, if you love me, he said, keep my commandments. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells in you, or with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You know, that's something we can hang on to. Whenever I think about times in life, whenever life gets hard or whenever we're going through something, and he says, I will not leave you as orphans, right? He said, I will come to you. And he said he would send us the helper. And who is that helper, guys? Holy Spirit, right? And he goes on, he says, I will not leave you orphans. He said, I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you, you will live also. He said, I come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly, right? He says, at that day, you will, you will know that I am in, the, in my Father, and you in, he, or in me, and I in you. He who uh, has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and, be, and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to, the, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will, you will manifest yourself to us? And that word manifest, whenever I started studying, I thought this word manifest was just some spiritual word, right? It's not. It's just a word that any other word. I mean, it means to make himself clear. He says, you know, so he's just saying that he will make himself clear. He says, well, how would you, you know, make yourself clear? He says, yourself to us and not to the world. And like I was talking earlier, if we're in here and we're looking out to the world, we can see plainly that the world don't see him. You can see plainly that they don't love him because they're not keeping the commandments. You can look into the world and see all the, all of the, how the world has grown like the days of Noah and like the days of Lot, right? You can see the lawlessness and you can see all the things that's going on. You can see that the world don't love him. He says you can't receive him because they don't know him, right? He said, nor, nor seizing. And 23, he says, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Boy, that's something I asked ourselves, ain't it? And my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine but the fathers who sent me. Let's go back to Ephesians. Whenever I read these things in the Bible there, it don't, it don't bother me to, uh, to read the tough things or it don't bother me to, to read the things that's straightforward because I didn't write them. I'm just a messenger. Just someone called to, to read them. So whenever, you, whenever I read them things, I'm just reading and saying the things that he says there. It's plain, plain English is easy understood, ain't it? He says, if you love me, he says, keep my commandments. And the Father knows that you love him if you keep his commandments. So a lot of times when we ask him, say, I love the Lord. Well, he knows that by if you keep his commandments. And that stepped on my toes before. And thank God it did. Did it ever stepped on anybody else's toes beside my own? Am I the only one that's ever got their toes stepped on? <clears throat> Back here on uh, Ephesians 17, he says, Through faith that you, you being rooted and grounded in love 
And this, I wrote some notes down. It's rooted like a tree that grows in soil, twisting the roots around the rock. And who is that rock? Man, that's, that's, uh, that's, um, that's powerful. He said, twisting the roots around the rocks, which cannot be upturned. It says it can't be moved. It stands firm or grounded like a building which has been built and settled and will never show any cracks or flaws through failures in the foundation. He says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width. What is the width of God's love for us? Have you ever thought about it? How much does God love me? If you use it like a river, you can tell that a river, how wide it is by how, how much ground it covers, can't you? If you're looking across it, you can look and see, well, I can tell how wide that river is, right? Well, God's love, it's wide enough to cover every sin in your life. It's wide enough to cover every sin in my life. It's wide enough to cover every circumstance in our life. But whenever we come to him in doubt, we narrow that river, don't we? He still loves you the same. But that forgiveness, we don't want to come with him with doubt because you can't mix doubt and faith. It can't be, you can't do it. Well, see, when you may ask, well, he says there in, on the end of that, he says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ. Well, how much is, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height of God's love? Well, I'll tell you, God's love, it's wide enough to include every person. It's long enough to last through all eternity. It's deep enough to reach the worst sinner. And it's high enough to take every one of us to heaven. So you want to know how wide God's love, how long and the width and the depth and the height and the length of God's love for us? He's already showed us. It makes a cross, don't it? He loves you this much. He got on a cross and he stretched it out from one side of the cross to the other. That's how much he loves you. That's the depth. That's the length. That's the width. That's the height of how much God loves you. Going on to say here, he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, <clears throat> to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. You know, when we think about that, we think that we can think some big stuff, don't we? He says that he who, what did he say here now, him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. You know, we think sometimes that we can think some big things. We think sometimes that we can do some big, big and powerful stuff. But you know what? He created our thinker, didn't he? And whenever I think about him making the, the, um, the earth and the moon, the, the sun and the stars and the galaxies and each galaxy and how they're separated by millions and billions of, my, uh, of, of light years and, and how each star is, he's placed in each one of them. And I start thinking about all this and I'm like, Lord, your thinking is way above my thinking. And he can do far above anything that I can even think of. Some powerful stuff, ain't it? He says, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.
Let's keep right on going to, in the four. He says, therefore the prisoner of the Lord. He said, beseech you to walk. And again, he said he was a prisoner of the Lord. Although he was held by Romans here, he wasn't a Roman prisoner. He was only here because God, God allowed him to, right? And at this time, I think they've said that he may have been here three years at this time. He said, he beseech you. You know, anything, these chapters in chapter 1, 2, and 3, he's not really told us any instructions. All he's mainly done is he's given us things and he's told us what God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit has done for us. Because how many of you know is whenever you realize what all Jesus and what all the Lord and the Holy Spirit has done for us, whenever you turn to you submit to that, well, it's easier and you come in, it comes naturally to submit to what God wants you to do, don't it? Well, he's telling us already in chapter 1, 2, and 3, although he didn't have to. He's already, he's going before us and he's telling us everything that they have done for us. Okay, in chapter 4, he's going to take a new path. He's going to start giving us some instructions. I need some instructions sometimes, do you guys? Sometimes I need instructed. Thank God for it. And he says there, he says, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, he said, I beseech you. He says there that he requests earnestly, or he's begging you. He said he was going as far as to begging you. That's what he's saying and beseech you. He said, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. And what is our calling? My calling is to follow the Lord. My calling is to keep my relationship with him, ain't it? See, my task will change over time. Whenever he said there to walk worthy of the calling, well, my calling is I have a relationship with him. And because he is my Lord and my Savior, that I spend time with him. And you know what? I live according. I try to show my life in I walk worthy of that calling, that I am ambassador, an ambassador for Christ. Well, although my calling is to have a relationship with Him, guess what? My task will change. When I very first got saved, you know what I did? I started giving testimonial stuff. Guess thing, next thing I started doing was started singing. Nobody wanted to listen. <laughs> next thing I started playing drums. Then I started preaching. And now I'm the youth pastor here. See, my task started changing, didn't it? But my calling was to keep my ear to God. Because if I didn't ever listen to the Lord, I would have never known. He'd say, well, Dwayne, quit doing this and go to this. If I didn't keep my ear to the Lord, I'd never, I'd never, never heard him say when I was laying in the bed one night. He, and I, said, I was talking to the Lord and he said, Dwayne, I'm teaching you to preach my word. Scared me to death. I remember it like it was yesterday. I got up. I didn't tell nobody. The next day, a friend of mine came over and I admitted it to them. And I was scared to death. I'm like, because I knew the uh, mantle that it, the uh, responsibility that it came with. I respect his word, and I respect him, and I knew that I had to walk worthy of that calling, right? But you know what? We all have that calling. Maybe not to preach the word, but we all have a calling. We're all sons and daughters of his, and because we're sons and daughters of his, we don't want to let him down, do we? Whenever someone looks at us from the outside looking in, they say, hey, I see something different about them folks over there at Living Water. I don't know what it is, but it's, <laughs> uh, it's Jesus, ain't it? He said, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another 
in love. He's saying just to be humble. Show long-suffering. He said, treat others as God has treated you. I don't know what you guys, but man, I, God has showed me so much long-suffering. He's showed me so much love. He's showed me so much mercy. He's showed me so much. It kind of makes you want to give back, don't it? Because I've seen where I've been a knucklehead, or I've seen where I've dropped the ball, and I've seen things where I've messed up, and God was just right there to pick me right back up. He's that loving. So whenever someone else steps out of line or does me wrong or something, I just say, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do, right? Well, that's where we need to get to. But we, I ain't always there. I think I've done it once. <laughs> oh, he says in the... With one another in love, he says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the, in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and, and, in, and in you all. Praise the Lord. That's something to give him a hand about. Amen. And he says there, Amen. <laughs> He says, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Well, what's he talking about here? Is, I mean, you kind of think about what's he saying? Well, he's talking, remember, he's been talking about the Jew and the Gentile, right? And the Jew was trying to say, you know, there was a baptism for this one, and there's another one over here for the Gentiles, because actually they didn't want the Gentiles to have the salvation of Jesus Christ. And Everybody with me? Y'all tracking me? But he was just saying, there, there isn't but one baptism, one for the Jew and one for the Gentile. It's all one. There's one Lord, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He said there wasn't another God for them. They were all under the same God. There is one God. And he said, and these three agree as one. Hallelujah. He said, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. And he gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. Well, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, that he might feel all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and, some, and teachers. He said, for the equipping of the saints... For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And he says he does all these things to edify the body. I'm not going to get into 7 through 10 there where he talks about he went to the lower parts of the earth and he preached to the inner spirits because we're just going to go on to here. He says that, that he done this to edify the body of Christ. And I thank God that he's the head. And although we have different functions, you know, you have some that are a mouthpiece. Or some of us might be a speaker. Some of us might be the one that's, that's uh, the hand. Or somebody might be the toe. Or somebody might be the foot or the knee. It doesn't matter what our part is in the body. The thing is that we pick up and we do our part of the body so the body don't get weary, right? Because if you have one person doing the whole, trying to function the whole body, it ain't going to work right. See, we all have equal value to God. We all have a part. He sees called us all into one part, one body, right? And I know Bobby's really been studying out this, this body of Christ. But he says we're called all into one body. And we all make up that body. And thank God he is the head. And he says this here, we glorify the body. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
He says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. So he says there that he done this to edify the body. And he said he gives these things to edify the body. And man, man has totally messed this up. A lot of times you'll see people and they're edifying self or they're edifying their church or they're edifying their ministry. They're edifying whatever their name is above that. But he said there he wanted to edify the, the body of Christ. Edify him. We're not here to promote living water. We're here to talk about Jesus, ain't we? Amen. All things is to him, from him, and through him, right? We're here to talk about Jesus. And he says there in 13, he says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. I hope I get there one day. My wife said she didn't think I would, though. <laughs> and everybody turn over to Matthew 19. Matthew 19, starting on verse, on verse 16, he says here, Now, behold, one came and said to him, He said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said to him, Well, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, he said, Keep the commandments. So whenever he was telling him here, and he says, Well, why do you call me good? Jesus is when he said, why do you call me good? He's just saying there, there is but one good, and it all comes from the Father. He said, if you recognize me as good, you've got to recognize me as part of the Godhead, right? So that's what he's saying there. And he says, and he says <clears throat> excuse me, if you want to enter into life, he said, keep the commandments. And he said to him, well, which ones? And when Jesus said, well, you shall not murder. Well, that'd be a good one to start at when... Since you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, well, what's, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, Well, if you want to be perfect, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went, away, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. Then Jesus' disciple, he said, because he had great possession. So he was saying there, he said, well, sell everything you got and just follow me. But you see, when he got to that point there, he said, well, just sell everything you got and follow me. He went after that one thing that he put before God. Well, how many knows that if you put something before God, he's going to come before. He's going to come after it, ain't he? He says there in Matthew 10, there in verse 37. He says, he who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's something that we'd all have to guard against, ain't it? He's got to be first in our lives, don't he? You know, he's proven how much he loves us. He's already went to the cross and showed us. He gave his life for us so we could have eternal life and be with him in heaven forever, right? And he says, 
in 38, he goes on to say there, and that word, that word there that anyone that, uh, you know, loves Father more than me, he's not saying that, you know, that you have to hate them. He's just saying you have to love God more. And if you think about that, well, if someone comes to your mother or your son or your daughter or whoever comes to you and tries to get you to sin, it's because you love God more that you don't do it, right? So it's, it's keeping it simple. It's just saying, no, I love the Lord. The Lord. I'm not going to act like that. No matter what you do, I'm keeping, I'm going forward. I'm going to pick up my cross and follow Him. Hallelujah. And y'all, I want to take off preaching right now, but I ain't going to. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. So he's just simply saying, he said, follow me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He's just simply saying that if you follow your own life and do whatever you want to do, you know those saying there, the song there, I did it my way. Well, doing it my way is going to send a lot of people to hell, right? But he said, if you'll surrender your life, and God, it ain't my will, but thy will, then say, God, I want you into my life, and I follow your will for my life, because I know that your will is better for my life than my own. I see where I messed my life up. I see where I was in a bad place, and God, I seen where I destroyed my life, and I couldn't do it no more. And I had to have you in my life. And God, I want your will over mine. He said, if you surrender your life at the end of this, he said, you'll find it. You'll have life at the end of it. But if you don't, you go to the bad place, right? Thank God we all believe. I'm preaching to the choir here. Thank God we're following Him, that we have surrendered our life unto Him, that He is the way, the truth, and life. And we realize that. Back over here at Ephesians on the 13, he goes on. He says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of of the stature and the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness and the deceitful plotting. We're going to come across people in life here that's, that's trying to distort the, the ways of God, trying to water down the gospel, trying to uh, get you off of your path, but it's because we're grounded in the Word of God. It's because we get in and we spend time, just like moments like this, that we'll step back and we'll remember. Well, I remember that time whenever we were going through in, uh, on a Wednesday night and whenever Pastor Dwayne was over there, we were reading through Ephesians, and he said for me not to put others before the Lord. It wasn't Dwayne saying, it was the Holy Spirit. And he'll be there to your deposit inside of you that he'll bring it back to your remembrance in a time of need. You'll remember those times whenever he said, take up your cross and follow me. That anyone who loves anyone more than him wasn't worthy to be his disciple. All them things start coming back to you because we spent time in God's word. He said to walk worthy of the calling he said, I beseech you. I go before He said, I beg of you. Because he knew, this, he knew how important it was for us to walk and follow the Lord. He's seen. And then, you know, even Paul, I think he said that he was called up to the third heaven. He, he knew what was at stake, right? That we should no longer be carried away, tossed to and fro. Carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, 
Christ. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its shares, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself. And I pray that all of us here, that's where I'm going to stop at. I pray that all of us here, <clears throat> everything that we do, we don't draw attention to us, but let's draw attention and glorify Him in everything that we do. He said, and draw attention to the body and glorify Him as He is the head, right? So, dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank You for tonight, Lord. I thank You for Your Word. Lord, I thank You, Lord, for, for uh, teaching us through Your Word and uh, growing us. Help us, Lord, to put You first in everything that we do. Help us, Lord God, to edify You and, Lord, not to uh, edify self. God, I thank You, Lord, and I ask for a hedge of protection around this... Uh, ones that showed up here, Lord, and Lord, I ask you, Lord, to lead them, guide them, Lord, and help them work to uh, to walk worthy of the calling, Lord, that you've uh, you've called unto them, Lord, and show them the task, Lord, and help them see them, and Lord, have a spiritual eye and a spiritual ear to hear the things that you're telling them to step into, Lord God, uh, give them the confidence, knowing that you'll pave the way, and you will. Uh, You'll give them strength, Lord God, to walk down the roads that you've called them to. And Lord, help them to see the doors that you've opened and to step through them. The wisdom and discernment to walk through them. And Lord, but also see the doors that you've shut, Lord, to not to keep trying to go through them, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, until we meet back here the next appointed time, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen.